the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Got out of prison back in 86 And I found a wife Walked the clean and narrow Trying to stay out and stay alive Got a job it ain't gonna make me rich the darkness before dinner comes Sometimes I can feel the edge Got a cold mind I go tripping cross that thin line I'm sick of doing straight time Good morning everyone, you found Financial Food for Thought got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell and rolling into Labor Day weekend, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. So what is the status of American labor? We had a lot of job data this week and a lot of debate on whether or not we are headed into a recession or that the consumer and the labor market is strong enough to keep us from heading into that recession. And the verdict is out, Carrie, right? Right. So let's hear this. Last month, uh, we saw a very strong print of uh, 538,000 jobs, uh, much stronger than people uh, expected. Just break down what you expect on some of the headline numbers for this month. Well, there are stiff headwinds facing this job market. Inflation, rising interest rates, a very strong dollar. And yet every month this year, the labor market has defied expectations with strength almost across the board, with very, very broadly distributed gains. So the magnitude of gains has surprised us and also the breadth of gains. They've even been in industries that you would expect uh, to be very sensitive to, to current conditions. So... We expect to see continued strength in the labor market, perhaps a bit of a slowdown. About 300,000 jobs is the consensus estimate. Uh, with So she was right on because this was taped before the jobs. We're taping the show on Friday and the jobs report came out this morning. And, you know, they came in at, um, you know, the 300 and what, 15,000. And, and mm-hmm. this, this analyst pre- had predicted right on 300. Now, that was consensus, but the... The the spread between the low was like around forty five thousand, the high forty three thousand. I mean, the gap was so wide you could drive a school bus through it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what there, nobody has a consensus, but it did come in, and so that's that is w- what we, we have to, you know, if you're trying to at home trying to determine are you going to be facing a recession, 
or worse economic times, the labor market is the key. Unemployment staying steady at around 3.5%, uh, and and other you know other other pieces of that uh, report are expected to be very strong. Okay, she missed that one. She thought that the unemployment rate was going to remain at 3.5%. It actually (laughs) went up. It ticked up to 3.7%. Okay. So we're... Yeah. Um, It's... uh, This has been the bright spot in the economy. So... The, the the question becomes, Carrie, when is good news bad news? And the answer is when the Federal Reserve and even the White House is hoping for significant hiring slowdowns, and then they don't see that happening. In other words, employment is this is this is the conundrum okay. conundrum that we're having right now. So, you know, we had the triple play payroll, right? And and that's where, you know, we we look at first we and the ADP's back here. Remember they mm-hmm. took the summer off? Right. To fix their models. They're back. They were so wrong. Yeah. So they're back. Um and the, so they're saying that the actual ADP that came out early in the week was 132,000, not stellar. The consensus was like 300,000. The jobs report, right? Right. So ADP is saying, no, we didn't have that back. And they said that wages were increasing about 7.6% increase annually. That's the inflation. That's the wage right. spiral inflation that people are, economists are worried about, right? Um, then we had the JOLTS report. Okay. And the JOLTS report was, <laughs> again, Upside surprise. In other words, the the consensus was looking about, uh, you know, that's a jobs opening and labor turnover survey, right? It, they were expecting about ten point three million. The actual amount of jobs available was eleven point two four million. So we're back to over a two to one ratio of of of, of jobs per available worker. Okay. Again, and that's one of the things. Why aren't people going back to work? You know, and and we, there's a lot of talk this week about. Well, are we seeing people go back to work? Then we on Thursday, we had the weekly jobless claims. That's where we're saying, remember, Carol, we've been watching that, right? And, you know, under 200,000 is very, very good. Over 300,000 is not very good. And so we've been back. somewhere in the middle, which is... Right. Eh. Well, we peaked, we dipped below the 250th middle. We well, that's good at, news. We came at 232,000, right? The previous was 260,000. Okay, but it also that same data that came out with that report also told us that productivity was declining. See, see, and that's an issue. You know, in, mm-hmm. in other words, that's the that's the corporations they're struggling with labor because they don't want it to continue to pay, and they can't get people to come to work, and they they're right. not, they're, they're not willing to raise their labor price per hour, their pay per hour, right. when they're not sure if the U.S. consumer is going to remain strong if we head into a recession. Too many unknowns. All right. Um, and so, um, you know, we, and so we can talk maybe a little today about, well, what's going on with the robots, right? Because remember, Carrie, the robots weren't infected by the Rona, right? Um, now the robot makers were, but, you know, now people are going back to work. So remember before the Rona, there was all this talk about how the robots were. Right. You talked about it quite a bit. Right. We haven't heard that much in the last couple right. of years. Well, they didn't go away, Carrie. No. I was like, we'll talk a little bit about I was going to say, if you've been to some stores now, you see more self 
self-serve checkouts. Um, so this is all, you know, how is strong is what is happening in the American labor um, as we go into Labor Day weekend. But then, you know, so again, so then we had the jobs report and I'll talk more about a little bit about this. I just wanted to kind of, um, okay, so the, the non-farm payrolls came in, as I said, at 315,000. Remember last month it was that 528,000. That's what really spooked everyone. You know, or not spooked everyone, but surprised everyone is a mm-hmm. better term. Is good news. You know, there are five hundred twenty-eight thousand new jobs, but people thought that you know was that going to you know continue to lead to inflation against the Fed's idea that you know the you know Fed Powell when he was at Jackson Hole his speech his five minute speech kind of said you know we're going to have pain and pain means we've got to you know we've got to we've got to slow down inflation and we got to you know stamp down inflation and that means that we're we're going to have we're, we have to get unemployment up a little bit and 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 so now we've got this debate now the white house uh you know i heard marty walsh he's the he's the uh walsh is the um labor secretary right i heard him interviewed on bloomberg this morning and he doesn't agree with the fed you know he he's saying no i i don't think the only way to stop inflation is by having higher unemployment you know he's coming back and saying no what's going to stop inflation is biden's ira bill I don't think so. And and lower gas at the pumps, which really again, you know, um, so they're not so so now again we don't have the White House and the Federal Reserve we'll on the same page, um, and now the Federal Reserve's trying to warn the American public. They're trying to give a heads up, right? They're, they, you know, and, and remember when Paul did that speech last week, the market tanked, right? Because mm-hmm. it was, you know, don't fight the Fed. And, and, and if, if the Federal Reserve is saying is we've got a, you know, it's going to be painful, meaning a, 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 not a very soft landing and we may want to put a recession, hopefully not a deep recession, but that's, you know, the, so don't, you know, that's why stocks have been so volatile and that's what, you know, turn the stocks now. Now we've got the White House saying, no, we think we, you know, we don't think the Federal Reserve is, you know, trying. Obviously, no one thinks the Federal Reserve is trying to cause a recession. But they also, you know, Walsh said there's not worried that the Fed's measures will lead to a recession. So there's some some debate on that. So it's just that backdrop of, you know, what's happening in the the labor market, you know, we had, there was a lot of talk this year, Carrie. Remember the Great Resignation, right? Right. And now the quiet quitting. We have we haven't right. talked about quiet quitting. I know, but I don't. It's you. Everyone's heard or, the stories. The, yeah, and I've seen some other headlines about people not really working as hard. Which I'm 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 going to say from my experience from some customer service, not all. When people are working from home, it's a lot harder, one, to get a hold of companies and to get answers. There's certainly delays with all of that. It certainly changed that dynamic. But, you know, these are all indicators, Mark, of things. But bottom line is, how does that impact me and my choices and how I'm going to spend my money or what decisions I'm going to make on what to do with my money and how much fixed am I going to stay in the market? I mean, that's what it comes down to because I can't control the jobs. I can't control the Fed. I can't control taxes, but I can you can't say, control the stock market. But right. Yeah. right. But but it also gives you, I mean, in other words, what? how do you think we will survive this or not survive this? And 
if if you if you weigh the debate where you come out and decide that no, I think we are going to have some pain in a recession, then what can I be doing? Well, no, you're exactly right, Gary. You can't control these outside forces, but you can run a plan R. You right. can say if it does happen. Is it going to material affect the longevity of my financial plan? Right, but uh, I need to know my numbers and have right. a plan because we have clients that aren't really worried about it. No. Because we've run a conservative plan, Mark. I talked to someone this week. They've been a long-term client. They actually um, moved um, to southern Ohio, and he was saying, you know what? Even with inflation and the market, because we ran my plans conservatively before I actually retired, I'm still on track and I'm okay. And other than using opportunities, I'm not worried about this. Right. And we'll see that now some of the signs that saying that the experts now kind of believe that August finally marks the start of the slowdown of the payroll growth. See, that's why the jobs report, the, the, it was, it was really what the fed was looking for. Um, so the non-farm payrolls was certainly down below the previous, um, but also the labor force participation rate ticked upwards, Carrie, you know, and that's what, see, that's what the Federal Reserve wants. They, they want these people to go back to work. If, if, if the, if the people go back to work, that means the companies don't have to pay as much to attract them, right? Right. Because they're attracting people at the wage they want to pay. Right. That adds then, if people are working, that adds to the productivity, right, that the and company creates- can do. And then those people are getting wages that they're going out and spending and right? paying taxes. Um, so that's, so, so that's this, that's the soft landing that the Fed's trying to create. They're trying to slow down the, um, the labor force and, and, but without, while at the same time, their primary is to get inflation down. And I don't know if Biden's IRA bill is going to do that or if gas at the pump I, goes yeah. up and down, but I do say the Federal Reserve will stop inflation. So we'll keep an eye on that. But but one of the other indicators, and I'll let you get started, Carrie. But one of the other indicators is they've been talking about you know the the Great Resignation, right? And why aren't the what they call the primary workforce, right? And right. The, the primary workforce is really it's really Carrie male. You know, it's it's the male ages twenty five to fifty five. Why is it male? Well, it's mostly slighted to males because there, it's still that reality that a lot of moms stay home i I was gonna say i don't you think though well at least not at a level job maybe they're they're, i was gonna say because i know probably more working mom i mean i always was now i don't think that's as much of a norm well they're also saying too a lot of a lot of the dads went back to work before the moms after the rona because the moms are still taking care of the kids with the rona and the kids that were shut you know weren't in school and and remember that's so that's a they're la so but so whether or not now it, it it's it, they look at both but mostly they talk about the problem why aren't why aren't the males in twenty five right. to fifty five going back to work huh. that's what they couldn't figure out right um so they there's some question you know and maybe they're getting a divorce because of the rona and they don't want those income right <laughs> they're rolling off but it looks like there is some that they are starting to go back so. So, so it looks like that group, what they call that primary 
you know, labor participation group, they said it looks like that main group is starting to go back to work. So that's what that's what this country needs. They need everyone to go back to work. They need the corporations to keep up the productivity and will they in the Federal Reserve, hopefully they can stop inflation. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information, financial news that could impact you, whether you're working or retired or single and married. Um, We talk about all these different issues and how they may impact you. We're sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an Ohio registered affordable fee based fiduciary planning firm. What we do is financial modeling, number crunching, financial coaching, and help people analyze choices, whether it's pension elections, timing of Social Security, um, when you can afford to retire, spending, how do you, you how do you create the cash flow you need as tax efficiently as possible, and what are steps you can do while you're working to take so that you're creating that future tax-efficient income, and we talk about using opportunities, avoiding traps, Roth conversion analysis, um, IRA and uh, distrib- company distribution planning. There are plenty of opportunities, and certainly during times of economic economic uncertainty, and we have worry about inflation, market volatility, government spending, and how that can impact future taxes. You want to be proactive and take control of your financial life and have a financial plan or analyze certain choices so that you're getting more net benefit and keeping more of your hard-earned dollars. And that's what we do. We're not investment advisors. We have a good portion of our clients that already have investment advisors in place. Our role is very different. We work with their existing advisors and we say, what growth rate is needed for your plan to last? Because some people right now, are terrified of the market. They already lost in 2008 and they're not in, you know, they're not interested in that potential loss again and they've already taken some losses. So for them, if they can do all the spending they want to do based on a very conservative and sitting in fixed positions and they're never running out of money, then why ever take on that risk? And other people just don't know how much risk they can take. And then we have a good portion of clients that do the investments on their own, but they're not getting that piece of financial modeling. And even when they have those tools online, where that planning of those investment advisor plans, you know, give them some information doesn't put them into a decision making mode. And that's our first step is having that base case and modeling those scenarios. And we build those custom financial plans. And we've been doing that for more than 35 years. And we're a rated um, accredited members of the Better Business Bureau. We're A-rated on Angie's list. And you can check out our Google reviews if you want to do some due diligence. And we've been around a long time and we only recommend our services if you're someone who can benefit. We offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, which we're happy to do by phone or in person. We're scheduling now through the end of the year. I actually had somebody call this week in book in November. Um, and this is the time of the year. It's not too late to start. Did you say it's, it's November, Carrie? Yeah, no. I have some people know. I said people booking oh, in November. Oh, it's only September. You said booking right. in November. But November. it's not too early to look at year-end planning. And in many cases, especially um, if you're worried about future taxes or missed opportunities, people may have steps and strategies 
they should be taking between now and the end of the year that can minimize their cumulative taxes or make a difference with cash flow and other missed opportunities. And each calendar year stands alone. So um, if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, you can call us at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. Make sure, um, if you haven't already, sign up for our IRA and Roth planning classes in September. They're the only time we're going to be doing the classes this year. Um, they're for people, if you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, we're going to talk about rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions that people have, the SECURE Act, and what that means to you, elimination of the stretch IRA, um, the Secure Act 2.0, uh, the proposed changes. We're going to talk about strategies that you can use to minimize your overall tax liability or taxes to your heir, Roth contributions and conversions, and so much more. We do ask that you pre-register. So if you've been thinking about it, you know, register online or leave a, leave us a message in the office and we'll call you back on Tuesday to confirm since we won't be in the office for Labor Day. Um, that's September 14th at 6 p.m., or September 20th at 3 p.m. Again, call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly of the estate planning team. Right. And see, the robots will be working on Labor Day, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple more, just just some other economic data points to help you make a decision of, of whether you think we're headed towards worse times or better times, right? Um so we've seen over the summer that measures of growth from the jobs reports, retail sales have all been kind of holding up, okay? Um, and this is pointing to the, you know, does the Federal Reserve, can they navigate this soft landing? And that's what the White House is hoping and certainly Fed Chair Powell is hoping. And we, we remember we looked at all the CPI data and the, PC, the PCE data and the PPI data, and all was indicating, Carrie, that inflation peaked in July, right? And, and August maybe we're, it, it, we've seen that peak and now we're on the way back down. But hold on, you know, we have our own Loretta Mester, who, you know, the Cleveland Fed's president, and they have their own CPI measure, right? And and they call it a median CPI, which tries to measure average inflation by looking at the price change of the medium item in the basket of goods tracked by the CPI. Okay, and they believe that the medium CPI provides a better signal for the underlying inflation trend than the more closely watched inflation metrics. So while the core CPI, the traditional measure, it strips out volatile food and energy costs, rose just 3.8% in July, the Cleveland Fed's measure rose 6.5% Okay, in July and is up 7.6% over the last three months. So that's an indicator that the Fed has more work to do, right? That this this inflation isn't going to just go away. Okay, we're talking about the the state of American labor, right? And, and this is why this when bad news is good news, Carrie. It's kind of like the same boiling pot that right. you know kills the lobster right. also makes the sweet potato edible, right? You know, I right. mean, you have to one thing helps the other. That you know, it, it's that type of de- debate we're having right now. Okay, uh, so wage growth, another sign that Americans' battle with high inflation is far from over. 
the Atlanta Fed's medium wage growth tracker was 6.3% in July and 6.7% on average over the past three months. That's still that wage spiral that's driving, you know, the inflation. Um, you know, wage growth can fuel broader inflation when it grows much faster than business productivity. Right. right. And, you know, given productivity, the Atlanta Fed's measure to be closer to three and a half to four percent. So now and also we still have the consumer expectations and most Americans believe that they're still going to, you know, we're still going to have 6.2% inflation next year. What are you running your plan at home at? Are you mm-hmm. using 6.2% inflation next year? Are you using higher? Are you using lower? Or do you don't even know because you don't have a, a detailed plan? Or you built a financial plan five years ago and you were using 3%. Right. You know, these are the things. So, so this is what we're saying. This is what we're doing with all of our clients right now. We're saying, all right, if, if, when, if you think that inflation has peaked or maybe you still want one more month's data, I think we'll get CPI data next week, Carrie. Um, we'll see what the FMOC meeting is later on, about the fourth week of September. We'll see what they, they do in terms of rising the interest rates. I still think it's at least 50 basis points, perhaps even 75 basis points. We'll see. Um, so the uh, okay, and, and then there's also economists look at what they call private demand. Okay, and the slowing in private demand comes even as the aggregate of hours employees put on the job has surged. That means companies' incomes are growing at a slower pace, even as the amount they're having to pay out to workers is increasing rapidly a sign of lower labor productivity and tighter profit margins. See, this is what companies, they have to react to this. Right. Right. Because, because, you know, that's, uh, they're not, that's a, that's a death wish for, that's a death spiral for the companies. And what's the first thing they're going to do, Carrie? Layoffs. Okay. So we had 3M, right? 3M announced. Every week I've been telling you about these big companies that are announcing big layoffs. 3M, one of the most recent right. ones. Right. And, and 3M, one of the dogs of the Dow, Carrie. By the way, how are the dogs of the Dow doing this year? I have you know, no idea. We, we've talked about, you know, the dogs of the Dow. You remember I've right. talked about yeah, that strategy, have. right? Um, and it's, it's, it's when you, you look at the, the highest dividend yield uh, payers in the, in the Dow stocks. Okay, you take the ten, the ten top ones, and um, and then typically you see how and, and and the idea is you buy those ten companies at the beginning of every year, whoever is in that top ten, and dividend yield, and then you go from there. So it's it's I'm not I'm not sold on it. I've been watching it a long time, and some years it may beat the regular Dow right. or an S and P. Let's say if you're comparing to that, uh, many more. I think more years it doesn't. Um, but but it's doing it this year. So if you look at the through August, the Dow's down what thirteen percent. Um, you know the, the Nasdaq's down close to twenty five percent, and the S and P is down what seventeen percent. This is through August. All right, so how are the dogs of the Dow? They're down about 7.71%. So actually, so they're still negative, but they're a lot better, a lot less negative than the other ones. But um, yeah, and 3M is in there, and what, what their dividend yield is about 3.18%. But anyways, they just that's the most recent big companies that announced big layoffs. Um, and then with the housing market, we know that that's been cooling off, right? And and again, the higher mortgage rates is doing that, and people just got sick of the price increases, right? right? Or well, every- did you see? I did see an article where Bank of America is offering mortgages with no money down. 
to try to well, spur I mean, well, more I guess debt. that's not right. More American debt. American debt. I'm sure they're not doing out of the goodness of their heart. I'm thinking they're just going to with higher interest rates. Yeah, but, but the, for people who have cash flow, absolutely. I mean, I mean, well, why not take advantage of it? It's better well, than paying rent. Well, the veterans take a, a big advantage. Of right. It. We have a lot of veterans who who have taken oh, yeah. advantage of that uh, opportunity. If you're a vet, you can get that um, that type of loan as well. Um, so we'll see. So it's the, the verdicts out. I I don't think it's real rosy right now. I don't think anyone can say it's, it's going to be a great next 12 months in the economy. Hopefully maybe we can squeak by with a softish landing where maybe we can, you know, we have to stop this inflation, um, but without maybe causing a deep recession. But of course, you've got the global headwinds, right? You still right. have a war. You know, right. Europe is going to have a terrible recession. Right. And I China's th- got financial well, problems. Well, and I think if you think it's so bad, then even then, when we talk about the plan R, especially maybe if somebody who's thinking, hey, I was going to retire and maybe I think I shouldn't, maybe you should have a plan, build a base case, and then we make one that's a worst case scenario where higher inflation, if you're thinking six and a half, seven percent inflation for a few years, maybe you want to go higher at eight. Do you want to then um, have a economic downturn and slow growth built in with those higher inflation rates and assume at a retirement date? Or then do you want us to figure out how much longer do you have to work? Or can I quit my job now and then but I could work five years part time somewhere else making a lot less and still accomplish my spending goals and what I want to do and not have to work as long. And it's just knowing these things because certainly all of this is out of my control. Right. So that leads us to um, the Cassandra of the Week Award. Okay. Um, And for those who've been listening to the show over the summer, I've been doing the Cassandra of the week, and of course, Cassandra is is a reference to the Greek uh, Trojan priestess, you know, <laughs> uh, who you know. So she was the beautiful human princess that Apollo, it, it, you know, Zeus's mm-hmm. son, fell in love with, and to win over her favors, he gave her a gift of prophecy. Um, but then, when she didn't return his favors, he was upset. So he didn't Indian gift. He didn't take the gift of prophecy back. But instead, he added something to it, which was a curse on top of it, saying that no one would believe her anyways. Mm-hmm. So, so Steve Hankey, right? So he is, um, he is a, a professor of applied economics at John Hopkins University. Smart school. Okay. Um, and his comment is, we are going to have one whopper of a recession in 2023. Mm. All right. Um, Okay, uh, and what? Did he qu- I'm funny. Say it a whopper. I would think he'd have a very technical term. <laughs> Maybe he was thinking about lunch. I don't right. know. Um, so why is he base? What is he basing his prediction? His negative prediction on? Well, we will have a recession because we've had five months of zero M two growth, the money supply growth, and the Fed isn't even looking at it. Interesting twist uh-huh. or spin on this, right? Um, so market watchers use the broad M2 measure as an indicator of total money supply and future inflation. 
M2 includes cash, checking and savings deposits, and money market securities. In recent months, the money supply has stagnated, and that's likely to lead to an economic sl- slowdown, Hockey warned. Hanky warned. We're going to have, uh, uh, you know, but meanwhile, inflation is going to remain high because of unprecedented growth in in the money supply. So, so he's saying that all the money that was dumped, the helicopter money, right? You know, that's all that's all part of the problem that that that, that, that we're going to have. Um, and that's why we're having inflation now. And that's why, by the way, we will continue to have inflation through 2023 going into probably 2024. He added, uh, the bottom line is we're going to have stagflation. The, uh Oh, the terrible stagflation, mm-hmm. Gary, we're going to have the inflation because of excess that's now coming into the system. So there you go. He gets the Cassandra of the week award. I still and this and again remember stagflation is the worst case scenario. Well, mm-hmm. other than a, I guess an all-out depression, um, but the and, but remember stagflation is a three-legged stool. That's where you've got a slowing growth, slowing GDP. You also have um, uh, inflation, rising prices, and the third leg is that you have a high unemployment. Well, that's the that's what we haven't had recently. We've right. had the low unemployment now. Um, now, well, but we are hearing that the Federal Reserve they want to increase. They, they're willing to to have higher unemployment if it can stop inflation. So that's this is the mm. Goldilocks solution right. they're trying to find, and I don't know if they're going to find it. Um, all right, now, so what can help you in these hard economic times? So I want to talk a little bit about. We've been talking about required minimum distributions, carry and and I'll, we have noticed over the years, over the decades, we've been helping Cleveland families build financial plans. That a lot of times, the new client comes in, and let's say there are years before now the new required minimum is age seventy-two, right? That they don't really have a good working picture in their minds, or, or how much cash flow that that's going to generate them for in in their retirement years. And they they have a fuzzy idea that they know it has to begin at age 72 and it start and it's based on a life expectancy table that the you know it put it's provided to you by the IRS. And the idea that the beginning if you look at a percentages it's about 3.65% that has to start coming out of your IRAs at age 72. So, but they don't really know what that is at like 80, age 80. Right. Or age 85 or age 90. And and this is where, it, and how would you be able to know? Maybe one in a hundred can do that type of math in their heads, Carrie. Mm-hmm. I'd say one in a thousand. Um, no, I, w- I wouldn't say no. Because when I do the classes, Carrie, right? you do the classes, you're going to announce the classes again. Um, there's always usually one in the class that, that can do it. Right. <laughs> so it's probably one, you know, uh, so it, it's, it's more than you think. Um, but I certainly can't do it in my head. I need the robots. Um and I tell you, the robots are, are coming back, Harry, right? Did I tell you that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did uh, earlier. Industrial robot sales are setting records. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Um, That's because they can't get people to come to work. You think? 
Um, robots will. You may want to rethink that. You, you maybe know, you need to get, maybe you need resignation. to be a ro- robot uh, repair job. Or you're quiet quitting. You may be yeah. replaced with a robot. Mm. Um, well, at least they'll show up. They don't complain about the extra hours, right? The mm-hmm. robots. I do think though, if the robots do take over the jobs, they're going to have to pay payroll taxes. Yeah. Because I don't know how you're going to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. You know that you know that payroll taxes is the Social Security tax that's be funding some robot Social Security tax? and the Medicare. Yeah, in other words, because if a company is replacing real human workers, which is Medicare, Social Security. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right, but I'm saying it's uh, going to be an issue because the current workers are putting in, so you retirees can have those things. Right. So if you if if the robots are eliminating human jobs. How are they going to make up the payroll Let tax deficiency? The, well, even with the pa- federal or the payroll, you think about federal, state, and local. Yeah, yeah. I think the robots are going to have to pay taxes. Um, you're getting me off track here. Okay. So um, IRA distributions and doing the calculations on what it's going to be yeah. down the road. But before that, let me. I just want to do one thing. You might have heard this week that there was a new bill introduced into the House um, of Representatives. That the idea is that they want to eliminate the taxation of Social Security. That's the idea of when you start collecting Social Security. Now, remember, Social Security, there's two taxation issues. One issue is if you're still working and start collecting Social Security before your primary age. Right. You know, let's say your your full retirement age is 67 and you start Social Security at 62, but you're still working. If you make too much, you have to pay some back. I'm not right. talking about that. Right. I'm talking about the taxes when you're retired and you're collecting Social Security, but you have so much income that your Social Security is taxable. Right. The, and that's what the old tax on a tax, basically, right? right? Um, and we call and, – and, and, and real quickly, how does that – it's called combined income, right? So to get – to figure out your combined income, you take – you start with your adjusted gross income. You add back non-taxable interest, you know, your muni interest. Right. And then you have to throw in one half of your Social Security benefits. Okay. Right? And that adds up to what we call your combined income. And if you're single, if that amount is over $25,000 – you have to start paying taxes on your Social Security. If you're married jointly, that first threshold is 32000 Which is a pretty low. A very low threshold. I was going to say. Yeah. So basically, uh, the majority of listeners and the majority of our clients are paying the maximum of the, what your Social Security can be taxed, which is 85%. All right. And anyways. So, but there's this, there's this bill that's saying they want to do away with that. Okay. All right. And it was introduced by... Angie Craig, she's a Democrat out of Minnesota, and she calls her bill the You Earned It, You Keep It Act. All right. Um, And her quote is Social Security is a promise we have made to the American people. If you work hard and play by the rules, the dignity of a secure retirement will be within your reach. Now, how are they going to pay for that, Carrie? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the way she proposes it is that she wants to raise the cap. On the Social Security payroll taxes. Okay. Well, right now is it one forty seven? It's one forty seven, one hundred forty seven thousand. Me and and for those who are not familiar with that, you, you know, you're being charged that Social Security tax. Your employer's paying half. You're paying half. And and the idea is, but only the first one hundred forty seven thousand of your payroll is subject to that Social Security tax. The six point two percent. Right. And if you're self-employed, you're paying both, but you get to deduct half of it. So it comes at 6.2%. All right. Now, next year, that 
147 is projected to go to 155,000. So she's saying raise it a lot more. We'll pay for. She wants to raise it to 250. Okay, okay will and, that be enough? Well, this is the. Um, but I thought that was already in the works to shore up social. I was going to say they didn't do that in the IRA. Well, no, but but my point is, I think Congress, I think most Congress know they're already going to have to do that. But now she's saying. But I don't think most people in Congress want to do away with the taxes they're collecting. Right. What she's saying. Because is she going to wash this out? I mean, that's not really soaring up Social Security if it's a no. washout. You know, um, I guess if we have no cap on it. But so you may have heard about that. That's not law, by the way. It's just being proposed. And it's not going to pass. We don't even know what was in the law, the laws that are passed, I don't think, let alone right. proposed. Yeah. So I don't think. The, um, you know, so that's one that it's an interesting, I mean, but here's the point. It, 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 I do think the way they're going to have to shore up Social Security is by raising the tax, not by cutting benefits of retirees. Oh, absolutely. That would be political suicide. They're not going to cut benefits. Um, or when people say, I don't believe Social Security be there, is going to be there, they could raise the 6.2% and raise the cap. There you go. It's right. an easy solution. And I don't think they would just, if, if they wanted to give some relief, because as we mentioned, those taxable thresholds are so low, right. 25000 for a single and 32000 Couldn't they just increase those? The, couldn't they just ratchet those up a little bit? Right. Um, or, you know, ratchet, the, again, so I, I don't think something as drastic as this is going to go anywhere. Is going to go anywhere. Right. But regardless of that, find out what things you can do when it comes to your financial life. And I know, Mark, you're going to talk more about the IRA, but it's a misunderstood issue and many people are missing opportunities or don't realize the impact of minimum required distribution and how much money they could redirect that would be earmarked for the government back to themselves, their family, charity, something else other than allowing it to go to the government. And some people's motivation now is minimizing what the government gets because they're not happy with government spending. Um, regardless, um, take advantage of a free no obligation consultation. We offer those by phone or in person to see if you can benefit. We do preliminary analysis if you provide us information so we can talk about your numbers in our models and um, talk about opportunities, problems, and what we see, how we can benefit you. We have both hourly and affordable hourly and comprehensive retainers. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website and sign up for our planning classes or contact us for a free consultation as well. The IRA and Roth planning classes in September at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Carrie. Advancing technology is making robots better with enhanced 3D vision, artificial intelligence, and things like that. Are the quiet quitters, do they have 3D No vision, Carrie? Um, well, like, what do you mean? I think, well, I don't know what they mean by that with robots. Um, well, I, I thought we all had 3D vision, but... Artificial, but I guess if the robots now have 3D vision... Just like humans? Just like humans. Artificial intelligence. Yep. You better be, you know, I, mm, 
I don't know. I think the robots are coming back. I All think right. we have bigger problems to worry so, about so far. So if you come to the class, so one of the, we, we go over this type of illustration at the class, or if you come in for a consultation, well, it's even better because we'll actually use your IRA numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's the idea of many decades ago, we, we realized that new clients coming in this, they really didn't have a good idea of what the required minimum distribution was going to mean over their extended retirement, right? So everybody has a pretty good idea that now it begins at age 72. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use the million-dollar IRA, right, Carrie? Because that's what we were all told is that you need a million dollars to retire. And I think it's easy mathematically to divide that in two if you have less or by whatever number. It's just easy mathematically if you're a listener to do that in your head. Right. So if now, so a a lot of this is going to depend on what rate of return that your tax qualified plans are earning. This is why don't ask your neighbor what they're using as a rate of return. You have to come up with one that's conserved and realistic for how you've invested your. And when we say IRA, we're talking that broadly. Could be 401ks, 403bs, 457s, top hats, kios, you know, anything that's subject to the required minimum distribution rules. Uh, for radio, I'm just going to call right. it IRA. All right, so you got a million dollars. All right, so the the new and we have a new uniform life table that went into effect in 2022, Carrie. Right, so that's why you mer- your RMD may be a little bit lower this year than last year. Right. Now it's going to be lower next year if you had a big market drop this right. year. But be, but remember the the idea is because there's a new life table. It extended the life expectancy. So by extending the life expectancy, it actually lowers your required minimum distribution, right? Because it's a longer divisor. The divisor is higher. Mm-hmm. So right now at age seventy two, the divisor is twenty seven point four which is basically the joint life expectancy of a 72-year-old and a 62-year-old. Don't talk, don't I'm not going to get into the weeds how we got right. there Gary, right? If you come in give me a call, give, okay. give me a call if you want to know that the background. Um, all right, so 27.4. So now mathematically that comes out to about 3.65%. So in the first year, million dollars, your required minimum distribution would be 36,496. Know, okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to start my assumption assuming a 5% rate of return. Okay. All right. So, it does now, but the question that we well, so but do you know if you're worried about do you have enough in your IRA to support your retirement years? If we go into, if we do have this higher inflation, let's say, or, or you know, are you worried about that? All right, so you know, thirty six thousand four ninety six is what you can take out the first year, but do you know, for example, what you can take, what you'd be taking out at age seventy five? How about age eighty? Do you know what you'd be taking out at age eighty five? How about age ninety? This is what we realized: our new clients had no. F- really they they didn't really know how much okay they just said well is it you know is my rmd now they always kind of maybe heard that rmds are getting bigger every year but they don't really know how much bigger um and and they're also now trying to say well am i going to have enough cash flow to deal with inflation now you can always take out more than the required minimum distribution, but and, let's just say you are always following that you never take out more than the required minimum because you're worried if you take out more than the required minimum, you're going to run out before you're dead. That's what people's concern right. is, right? Well, have you really run those numbers for yourself? 
you know, and this was the eye opener. And, you know, if, if you have not run those numbers for yourself, you maybe you want to. And maybe you want will realize you might want to take out more and use it. Or or at least last one take on it, Gary. Or, or satisfy it. that you're not running out. Right. Give you peace First of mind. To that and then realize maybe you can spend more. And, um, all right. So let me do this. So, so, okay. So I'm back to my million dollars based on a 5% early return. Okay. So at age 72, your, your RMD would be 36500 At age 75, it would be 42000 I'm just rounding okay. up here. About 42000 At age 80, about 52000 Mm-hmm. At age 85, about 64000 Mm-hmm. At age 90, about 74000 And I'll go up to age 95, about 80000 Okay. So it's minimum accounts for those increases. Now, if you're, and you're saying, yeah, so if I'm, if so at 72, I'm taking out 36500 and at ninety, I'm taking out seventy four thousand. I may, I, I may, I maybe I will be okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's a pretty nice increase, right? And wouldn't you want to know what's left at those times? Well, how what's my balance? A lot of people think, well, Mark, if I'm taking out, you know, seventy five thousand dollars when I'm ninety, there can't be a whole lot left, right? Mm-hmm. So I started with a million. Okay, and I. Took out, and I'm growing five percent a year. Okay, I'm surely by age ninety, my millions kind of running out, isn't it? No, no, it's actually about eight hundred seventy-one thousand at age ninety. At age ninety, so I think that's where when we tell people, well, even if they're still working in their later, maybe you shouldn't can afford to retire, or maybe you don't want to get to ninety that you had a pile of money, and we're not even talking about non-qualified raw. But even if you just had that, uh, that you should have, would have, could have, I mean, that's a lot of money to get to that point. You know, certainly I don't think at 800000 you're going to run out before life expectancy. No, but maybe you're saying, Mark, the reason why that's too rosy is because really 5% is not attainable anymore, a rate of return. Or it won't be ongoing annual, which it was for a long time. Actually, that 5% for a lot of our clients was conservative. Right. But okay, I'm going to use 3%. Okay. So 3%, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ratchet down the rate of return to 3%. Which is less than the, what, you said about 3.65 for the minimum, so. Well, that, remember, so the first year it doesn't change because right. you're still starting at a million. Right. So okay. I'm saying you said it was about 3.65. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, 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 the rates, yeah. So, so yeah. And, I, and that's a good point, Carol. I'll go what the rates is. Okay. So now I'm doing 3%. So now 3% rate of return. So at age 75. You're taking out um, thirty, about forty thousand. Okay, a couple okay. thousand less. And now, percentage wise, it's about four percent. Okay, at age eighty. Okay, now you're taking out about forty five thousand. Okay. Okay, which is about five percent return or five percent withdrawal. Right. Okay. At age eighty five, this is based on or no? What did I say, Carrie? Let me go back. Three percent at age eighty, it's forty five thousand. Did I say that? Okay. I think so. Okay, yeah, forty five thousand at age eighty. At age eighty five, it's about fifty thousand. Okay. Um, at age ninety, it's about fifty two thousand, which a lot less than the five percent. Okay, yeah. Um, and at age ninety five, it's about fifty one thousand. 
Now, but that may be enough for you, depending right. on if you have pensions or Social Security. This is how you it helps you determine how much risk you need to but take. But you also may just want the peace of mind of not being in the market. Now, Carrie, surely you're thinking if I'm only earning 3% rate of return and I'm starting with a million dollars when my RMDs begin at a 3% rate of return by age 90, now that's that's going to have to be pretty much be gone, isn't it? No. Actually, there's still about over 600000 in the IRA. That's a 3% rate of return. Now, let's go the other way, Carrie. What okay. if, you know, what if you, you, you're crazy enough? I know this is a crazy thought, Carrie. You know, it's just a crazy thought. But what if, what if, just by chance, you could get a 7% rate of return? Okay. Um, okay, what would a 7% rate of return look like? Now, I'm, I'm sure there's no one listening who ever believes we could ever, ever get a 7% rate of return again in, in, in with your 60, 40 Well, I know you're going to use 7, but for our clients, we can model in a recession, then back up to whatever rate you want. Right. This is just Down to show and dirty people for right. the radio. Right. So, but ask your investment advisor right. you know, and see if any of them tell you 7. Okay, now. So it's still, you know, so now at age, so what, how is your cash flow working when you're at a 7% rate of return? So same 36,500 at, you know, 72. Now at age 75, you're taking out 44,360. At age 80, you're taking out 61,000. Okay. That's a big difference from the other one. At age 85, you're taking out 81,000. At age 90, you're taking out 104,000. At age 95, you're taking out 123000 And what's the balance? The balance at age 90? I'm going to guess over a million. Very good, Carrie. A million, 246000 okay. I'm just going to say at that growth rate, I think that's the biggest shocker. Depending on what you want to shoot, when you're starting balance, even taking minimum, that you're not, you're actually ending up with more. And that's where now we're crossing over the line from having peace of mind you'll be financially okay and the idea that you're causing a huge tax problem for your heirs right and that's what we need to get to to get a good effective plan all right get us all out right of here. call the estate planning team for a free consultation or don't forget to register for our september ira and roth planning classes on september 14th at six o'clock or september 20th at three o'clock call 440-239-2090 that's 440 440- 239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.